Welcome to Bourbon Boys. Thanks for listening. This is uh, Chad. I was just giving you a brief intro. Uh, this episode is with Jeff Mattingly from Bourbon 30 Distillery. Uh, they are located in Georgetown. This episode's a little bit cut cut up because Jeff had a little bit of issues with his uh, cell phone service. So I just wanted to let everybody know they have a great program there. If you want to get on their list, all you got to do is message them at Bourbon 30 Facebook page or on their website and enjoy. Welcome to Bourbon Boys. This is Chad, your host. Uh, one of the Bourbon Boys. Our other Bourbon Boy is slanging cheesecake, so he couldn't be with us. I've got a special guest, Mr. Jeff Mattingly. Hey, how's it going, Jeff? Good. Thank you for having me. I appreciate it. No problem. I'm glad you could join us. Uh, just wanted to sit down and have a little conversation with you, uh, since there's a lot of mystery behind what happens at Bourbon 30. Maybe a lot of people haven't been out there uh, since you're not really close to the uh, Bourbon Trail. What exactly do you do at Bourbon 30? Well, everything we do here is a one-off, meaning that we're not uh, your mainstream bourbon and or whiskey. Um, The Bourbon 30 label, uh, I had to get a lot of questions about what exactly does that mean or uh, what's the significance behind it. The Bourbon 30 uh, comes from when my brothers and I used to steal bourbon from my dad and uh, when we were younger. And when he wasn't looking, we would say, hey, it's Bourbon 30. We would take turns uh, running over to his cooler and, and taking a nip of bourbon. And that bourbon, believe it or not, was the sour mash early times. <laughs> so, so Bourbon 30 comes from that. Um, now, our uh, premium label, which is... A. Mattingly, 1845, uh, comes from my uh, descendants, which is John Graves Mattingly, and we are uh, one of the first registered distilleries in the state of Kentucky. And uh, John Graves is my great, great, great uncle. So kind of get it on it. It's in the blood. Yeah. That's awesome. Uh, so what, what actually do you do at Bourbon 30 that makes you different from other distilleries or... Or a uh, uh, seller. What's, What's that? Yeah, taking the history, the history of the family. Um, what it is we do is we we when you look at the bourbon flavor wheel, um, we take uh, a lot of your bourbons and or whiskeys have a particular particular flavor profile, and so what it is we do is uh, kind of be. When you have the bourbon flavor wheel, you got different pieces of the pie. We want the whole pie. You know, we want the pie that represents the spice and peppers, uh, the floral, the cereals, grains and nuts, the caramels, the coffees, the toffees, uh, the bitter, so on. We want everything. We're not looking for a particular one-off. Um, uh, well, one-off, when I say one-off, I'm talking about something that uh, is highlighted in the profile. We're looking for something that um, is uh, just has the entire uh, bourbon flavor wheel 
uh, in the taste. Okay. Um, one of the things that probably the things that makes us most unique is the industry goes from book to barrel and there is interaction. However, it's very limited uh, due to uh, movement, you know, in the rick house to stabilize it. Um, what we do is with the barrels on a daily basis through crafting and finishing. And um, the, now to ask yourself what the crafting and finishing is, um, that's something where we finish uh, each one of our barrels differently. Mm -hmm. There is no rhyme or reason. And um, uh, we do add some extra oak to our barrels. I'm not talking about wood chips. Uh, we're talking about actual staves. Uh, no, we do not uh, hyper-age or fast-age. It's not about that. It's about creating a unique, uh, not a profile, but a unique taste and flavor that uh, gives you the wow factor, something that is the element of surprise. Okay. All right. Well, uh, so what you do, you source most of your barrels, right? Yeah, we do. And I know uh, in past that's been kind of uh, a taboo, but... You know, quite frankly, um, you know, um, you can't beat the kings of, of bourbon. You, you just can't. Uh, I've been in business before prohibition and after prohibition. But what it is that we have done is proved that uh, the boys in Indiana can make just as good uh, distillate as we do here in Kentucky. So uh, to answer your question, yeah, we use Kentucky distillate and Indiana distillate. Um, Simply because it's just it's just a damn good juice. Yeah. Oh, there's nothing wrong with that. The sourcing is a major thing now, so that the taboo is gone with that. So it's not a big deal anymore. Oh, absolutely. We believe so, and you see it in market. Yeah. Uh, so, a lot of people may or may not know uh, you were behind partially uh, Old Baldy, which is a major success in Kentucky and, and quite frankly, uh, throughout the United States. Uh, that's a it's a group effort with Ed Blay yourself. Uh, what was your part? What what part did you play in that making of the uh, Baldy? Cork and Bottle approached our distributor, and our distributor uh, hollered at us and said, "Hey, you know these guys want to do a private barrel selection." So they came down, and uh, again, you know, you pull up in front of our distillery and. And uh, you're not really sure if you're at the right place, and uh, which is okay. And I, and I like that because <laughs> it's the elements of surprise again. You know, we don't have uh, the 100 and plus year old, uh, year old, I'm sorry, uh, distillery. What we have here is just really damn good bourbons and whiskeys. So, anyways, they. And, uh, or I'm sorry, Mr. Ed Bly came in, and uh, um, what it was that he was looking for, which barrels, so I selected those barrels. Effectively, he and I uh, chose the barrels for the blend of Old Baldy Bash 1. Now, the label says J. Magically 1845. Well, um, again, the Magically names comes from our direct descendants, uh, Mattingly and Sons, uh, back in 1845, and the J comes from me, which my first name is Jeff. Yeah. So the J Mattingly 1845 
old baldy actually the old baldy comes from ed because his uh kids called him old baldy mm -hmm. so you know he's got to be a pretty guy yeah and uh right so ed and i collaborated on how to uh finish these barrels and and uh just came up with a wonderful profile and um we let it marry for a while and uh put it in a bottle and uh, it just we just couldn't have been perceived any better now batch two uh we created uh ed and i talked and um we um uh, again um he asked me to find particular barrels he came down he sampled it uh did his thing he tweaked them uh, worked on the blend and we collaborated on okay this is the profile we need uh, what it is that we're looking for to be different from uh, old body uh, or, or from the Jay Mattingly uh, batch one and, and 1100 I think it was just north or I'm sorry just south of 1100 bottles we had 600 people standing in line yep we sold out in about uh, 90 minutes, uh, two and a half hours, something like that. So, um, Ed Bly himself is just uh, a whiskey wizard, uh, a bourbon baron is what I call him. And you collaborate that with someone like myself who that um, can craft and finish um, bourbon and completely different from the rest of the bourbon industry. You're going to get a hell of an outcome. Yeah. So when you say when you say marrying, you uh, you put all the barrels together, and then what what's the what's the process after you put the barrels together? Because I know you just don't let them sit there, because that would uh, that obviously wouldn't have the desired outcome. Right. So um, marrying, what we do there is is we want the barrels, uh, the the profile that we select. At that time, we wanted to stop because that's what we choose. Um, we don't want any variables, any changes whatsoever. So we will pull it out of the barrels and put it into a tote and uh, allow it to just continue to gel and uh, um, interact with each other. And, um, you know, sometimes we'll let it marry for uh, a couple hours, uh, 12 hours. I've let some toads marry for up to two weeks. And we just monitor that on a daily basis. And um, and the whole point of that is, is, is just get, get to a pinnacle, um, that epic uh, flavor taste. And uh, it, it's beautiful because we just have the ability to do it here. It's practical for us to do it, where it's unpractical for your big guys to do it. Of course. That's one of the things that makes you unique. I know the first time that I rolled up, I was definitely like, whoa. Ed, what'd you bring me to? What's going on here? Uh, so I, I definitely get that. Uh, so if if your average person comes into the distillery, what are they what are they gonna see? What are they gonna do uh, besides seeing you and your sweaty bald head? Well, you know, first of all, my bald head is sweaty and it's gorgeous, it's beautiful. <laughs> um, there, there's actually I've been approached by some folks who want to come, uh, start a magazine. And put me on the cover, which is an absolute lie. So, uh, um, so what folks can uh, expect to see here, uh, or expect to, um, or as we call it, the experience, 
you have to have a relationship. You got to build a relationship with your guest before in our industry or in our business model before you can help them make make a connection with if they want a single barrel, a small batch, um, a particular proof, and so on, because everybody is different. And the only way we know be able to interact with them. Mm-hmm. And uh, because, you know, obviously not everybody's palate is the same. Okay. Uh, so when you when you started Bourbon 30, how, what year was that? That was in 2010. 2010, okay. Now, there was, there's sort of been some bad stigma about Bourbon 30 in the past. Is there a reason why that, that started out that way? Were you... Were you trying to go in a different direction to start off and uh, well, yeah. recorrected you know, it? Yeah, in hindsight, if I were on the outside looking in, I would have the same perception. Mm-hmm. Um, the, going back to uh, when I was uh, growing up, the third, you know, Bourbon 30 was a brand and um, it's that time was our marketing slogan. So we're getting into the, um, uh, the business side of, it. um, when we designed our label, it wasn't your typical, uh, bourbon label, uh, rustic, uh, weather looking, um, uh, you know, it, it didn't have that vibe. We had more of a, um, probably, um, uh, uh, oh, um, um, uh, not a, but um, a rum. Probably had a rum bottle vibe. Okay. So one of the things that we experienced was is um, the juice in the bottle did not represent the label, mm-hmm. and vice versa. The label did not represent the quality of the juice. So um, after about a year and a half, we redesigned the label and thought we had corrected some of the issues. And the feedback that we had gotten across the U.S. was basically the same. Um, and so um, the, the biggest uh, hurdle that we've had to overcome with Bourbon 30 is, is just simply it. it um, uh, how in the world are we getting that phenomenal flavor and taste and, and flavor profile uh, out of a four-year-old? And... Um, uh, it's just simple. It's all part of the crafting and finishing that we do here. Mm-hmm. See, see, the, the thing about it is, Chad, the industry, uh, it's hard for uh, folks to wrap their mind around what it is that we do. Because you take an industry that's a couple hundred years old, you know, it, it's a paradigm. You, you can't change people's mind overnight saying, you know what, um, you can have a good quality bourbon uh at four years you just got to catch it at the right time Uh because a lot of people just don't understand that uh uh, bourbon barrels are just like people they got their own personality they have good days and they have bad days well if you're into the barrels every day interacting with these barrels uh because that's our business model that's what it is that we do um we know some things and have experienced things that maybe uh the other uh Brands have not. Why? Well, it's just because we interact with them on a daily basis. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. 
Well, that's the advantage of being a smaller place is you do actually get to uh, pay attention to each individual barrel as well as the people when they come in. Well, it, yeah, attention to detail, 100%. Yeah, and it also gives us an opportunity, uh, attention to detail with our guests coming in. Yeah. Yeah, and pairing them with that with uh, with the with the bourbon or whiskey that uh, is is going to um, complement them and, and the bourbon and whiskey or the folks that are going to complement the bourbon and whiskey. Okay, uh, we had a question from Project CNS. The question is: Is there a particular blend? or store pick or anything that you've been a part of that you really loved more more so than anything else and it could be old baldy if that's it because that is probably your most famous one and would make the most sense if you picked it but if there's anything else you'd like to call out you can do that as well well uh, is there anything in particular that is hit home with me more so than others um the the honest answer to that is absolutely no. Okay. Now you got to understand with my business model and what it is we do, we're not competing from one private barrel selection to another. Yeah. The private barrel selections that we do, we work with our groups of people that come in to help them connect to the individual unique uh, um, um, profile and taste that that um, that is uh, intimate with them so there, there is no old body uh, that is um, competing with um, uh, bold monk uh, or um, or blondie or um, you know we got several of them that's that's on the shelf there but I mean that's that we've done but Every single one of them are a favorite because they introduce uh, a new, a completely new uh, um, um, uh, excitement level. Uh, Sorry, my dogs are going nuts. Yeah, so am I. The pizza in a different way. <laughs> yeah, I'm actually, I'm actually drinking some of the blend that I made last time I was at your place. I tell you what, I got several blends that, you know, that barrel, the third barrel, or when you're walk, walking in, the first barrel that's sitting on the um, center blocks. Mm -hmm. When you first walk in. Yeah. Fuck me, that's good. <laughs> you always have. Oh my god. You always have two or three mind blowers in there. Well, I, I tell you what, all barrels are hitting right now, Chad. Man, if there's a way you could make it down, you guys are interested in doing a blend, we'll put it in a bottle and hold it. And I'll do that for you personally, because I, I've got some shit that's hitting right now that's just mind-fucking-blowing. <laughs> I'm trying to work all that out right now. Uh, yeah. Well, I, you know, I don't want to like 200 bottles. Um, we'll come, if you come down, we'll put it in a bottle. If you if you can't work it out, then we're back in the barrel. Is there anything is there anything you want to say that is coming down the pike for you all that you want to tell us now, or is it just business as usual right now, just doing store picks? Well, the 
one thing that I'm just completely excited about is the fact that we are blessed to meet people from all walks of life. Now, when I say that, that I am referring to um, the uh, private barrel selections, mm -hmm. no two private barrel selections are alike, and that's what I love. Uh, now, do we get asked questions of, of, hey, we want to be like this or we want to be like that? My immediate answer is absolutely not. I'm sorry. And we do not disclose in any way, shape, or form what the what any other private barrel selection has done. Why? Well, hell, that's the whole point of why it's called a private barrel selection. So um, what we have coming down the pike is we are looking at expanding but not sacrificing um, our quality over quantity. We still want to be able to have that interaction with our day-to-day uh, -day guests. And some people were like, well, wait a minute. Aren't you looking at the big dollars? Well, you know, that's other people's business model. It's not ours. We believe that that part of it will come. Uh, hence the reason why people are flying in from all over the U.S. to come here. So to answer that question, it is a stepping stone every single day, building our clientele uh, through the quality of our juice with people flying in. Um, well, uh, U.S. and now overseas um, to, uh, uh, to experience the whole private barrel selection. Now, what else is in store other than... Uh, now, J. Mattingly, 1845, will, will and always will be exclusively a private barrel selection. Mm -hmm. That will never, ever uh, uh, be a retail product. This won't happen. Um, now, there is some talk of... Uh, a brand coming out uh, that possibly we could be a part of that is U.S. and Asian market. Um, we'll see what happens. Awesome. Um, do you pay any attention to the secondary markets when it comes to bourbon? Not really. That okay. doesn't concern me at all. That's a good question. That's a good answer. <laughs> yeah. Um, doesn't concern me at all. So you've, you've definitely changed a lot in the last year and a half since we, we started out doing bald, uh, Old Baldy 1, uh, especially the uh, the gift shop. That's definitely good to see a big change there. Somebody wanted to do a barrel select with you. What is the process that they'd have to go through to do that, and what are the options they have to, uh, to customize their bottles? Okay, so... All you got to do is contact us through our website or through our Facebook page, and we have a pamphlet or um, whatever it is Trish puts together to uh, send send out to explain everything. Your better half, and uh, you know it's my better half. Absolutely, she's the one who keeps me in line. Um, so, um, and we'll explain all that. But the process is it's really come in. Uh, and first of all, unwrap your mind around what the rest of the industry does. You have two options. You can pick a single barrel or you can pick multiple barrels and pull X amount of gallons, um, uh, liters, uh, milliliters out of each barrel to uh, get your uh, blended desired profile. So 
in a nutshell, you can do a single barrel or a blend. And I don't care if that blend is two barrels, three barrels, four barrels. Uh, the biggest blend, or the largest blend we ever did came out of, I think, a total of six barrels. So it's, it's all about getting that unique experience, something that nobody else has. And if they want, they can do as much or as little work when it comes to that. If they want to empty the barrels and blend it all themselves, they can, or they can just let you know what portions to do and then have you do it as well, right? We actually recommend and um, hope that um, there's a representative there because, you know, there, there are some, um, there's some stories of what's happened in the past with, uh, degree of, you know, hey, this is what we pick, uh, but it doesn't taste like what we pick. So if you come in and do a private barrel selection with us, we can bottle it the same day. Mm-hmm. Yeah, if everybody's got their ducks in a row, we can do that. Um, and, you know, from what I understand in the in the industry, nobody else has that ability. Yeah. Um. So, uh, and that's our integrity. Um. So, you, you know, you come in. Uh, you do the selection, uh, whether it's a single or a blend, we'll bottle it right then and right there. And uh, mark it, uh, stamp it, tag it, and uh, wait for, for uh, the labels to come in. And, and uh, But, yeah, they could have, we highly recommend and suggest that uh, representatives from the group come in. Well, I think part of the excitement about doing your own barrel blend when you do the blends is actually taking the barrels, dumping the barrels, blending the barrels, putting it in the tote. It's because not a lot of people get that option. Most of the time, it's just you pick the barrel, then it goes to this secret place where they they take the juice and they bottle it and put the labels on for you. So that, I think that, that makes you especially unique that you get to experience all of that part of it. You, you know, Chad, you and I have uh, known each other for, for a long time. And this is something that we do, well, I do on a daily basis. And, and, um, uh, whenever you have the opportunity to come down uh, and uh, and blend for us and be a part of our team, um, we get to experience that. And I'm not saying we take advantage of it, but the truth, the reality of it is, it's a novelty for for uh, the general public. Yeah. It's, it's a mystique, and and for us, the parody of it is, the parallel of it is. <laughs> It's a passion for us. Yeah. It's something that it's the reason why we come to work every single day because we know what it is we do. People, uh, they walk, they drive, they fly, uh, uh, even flip uh, to get our product. Uh, right, wrong, or indifferent. Um, that's what it is we strive to do. Is uh, put that in in the hands of the people that you know. Uh, ultimately, at the end of the day, uh, just relax and smile. Yeah. What What did you do before you got to before you created Bourbon Thirty that made you say you know it was that what was that moment you were like I gotta quit doing this and do this full time Bourbon Thirty is good. In nine, I retired from the auto industry at Toyota. Uh, here in Georgetown, Kentucky. And uh, in 2010, I started Bourbon 30 um, uh, uh, company. And uh, the thing about it is I wanted, 
I knew I wanted, I already knew I wanted to go into the bourbon industry. And I felt like um, I already knew the path that I wanted to take. I knew the lane that I wanted. And, and uh, I knew that it was going to be a struggle, meaning that it was going to be hard. Uh, there was going to be an acceptance that we were going to have to deal with because it just I just want to be completely different. Why? Well, hell, everything else in the bourbon industry is the same. Mm-hmm. Uh, uh, you know, th- there's a particular flavor profile, and, that's, and they're all wonderful. That's the reason why people buy them. Uh, and there's, uh, they've done exceptionally well. Well, with us, um, you know, again, uh, we just wanted to be different. So while the bourbon was aging, I created a clothing line mm-hmm. called uh, Bourbon 30 uh, Apparel and Products. So for two and a half years, I traveled the state of uh, Kentucky, Indiana, uh, Indiana, and Ohio, and uh, so that I could talking to people, interacting with people, uh, trying to make a connection, really just trying to absorb as much data as I could um, to get an understanding of the demographics of the people. Um, okay, what, you know, what people like bourbon, uh, the reasons why they liked or didn't like, or, um, you know, what they, uh, their myths of bourbon. There's so many people out there, for example, to think bourbon, uh, to be called bourbon, has to be made in, in Kentucky. Yeah. Uh, then that it has to be aged a, a couple of years. So it gave me the opportunity uh, to absorb all this data and um, and put all this demographics in a, uh, um, in a, you know what, in a bourbon flavor wheel. Mm-hmm. Sounds kind of silly, but... You know, it is what it is. Um, so that bourbon flavor wheel helped me under bourbon flavor wheel helped me understand. You know what? This is the flavor profile we want. We want to be able to um, interact. Uh, we want not just to be a part of this, but we want to be able to introduce each uh, slice of pie to each other. So when guests come in our place, uh, just like today, we had New York in here. We had Pennsylvania in here. We had Ohio, Michigan. Um, uh, we had um, um, Chicago. Everybody says, uh, you know, uh, not Illinois, but Chicago. Yeah. Uh, we had um, Ohio in here, uh, California. So yeah, that that's just, um, it's just the beauty of, uh, the, what we're blessed to be able to experience on a daily basis here. So there wasn't really a moment where you just said it snapped in you like I've got to do this. You sort of always knew that's what you wanted to do, but you were working at Toyota to get to where you wanted to be. Uh, okay. So yeah, there was that particular moment because my family uh, were self-made. Uh, I guess you could say culinaries. Um, we're just, uh, really, really sexually good, uh, cooks. So, um, you know, I can't divulge too much because there's only so much that I can say that happens in the woods at home that, <laughs> you know, I can't get us in trouble. Yikes. Uh, but my, uh, right. I, you know, I don't want to, uh, disclose our location. Good call. But anyways, yeah, <laughs> probably a good thing, right? So my, uh, grand 
grandfather was a home brewer, and my God, it was the best. And um, so, you know, taking the distilling and the crafting and the fishing part and uh, the other side of the family, which was just uh, damn good cooks. Um, and not just country, uh, Italian, uh, Mediterranean, um, uh, Indonesian, across the board, just really good food. You know, I incorporated that into uh, the bourbon profile. And um, um, and that's the reason why I, I'm doing what it is I do. Is there one thing that you've learned from when you start out to now that you say, man, I wish I'd known that now. I wish I'd known that when I started what I know now. Is there something that stands out in that? respect for you yeah and you know what Chad I love you brother for asking that question <laughs> and you know the simplicity of oh man that's a great question and, and yeah it is um, and that is never settle okay never ever settle so uh, a lot of um, well I'm going to get myself in trouble here a little bit and maybe a little backlash and that's okay um, the problem with not the problem with the bourbon industry, but it's it's just um, it's just human behavior. Um, you want to be able to defend your decision, mm -hmm. you know, all kidding aside. Uh, when you make a purchase or or you make a, a judgment on a bourbon and or whiskey, um, you're going to defend that. Well, the the thing about it is is if you like it drinking that's the trump cards of all trump cards mm -hmm. never settle always trust uh your senses and uh, even though they may go against the grain of the bourbon industry and uh it may be different from um, uh, the uh profile uh the popular profiles um do what you think is right do what you think that's going to um so the less the lesson you learned was to never settle. Was there a reason? Was never there something? What was there something that taught you that lesson? Well, yeah, because you know you you've got the big brands, and we don't have the marketing funds that the big brands have. So, okay. uh, um, you want to? It's kind of hard to come in. You don't want to compete with the big brands, but we can't. And, uh, you know, you got the big guys that say, okay, you got to, it's got to be this to be able to enjoy it. Um, and all we're trying to say is, hey, give us a chance, you know, um, try something different. And um, if you could have changed anything or if you've, what you've learned is maybe you didn't go about marketing yourself the proper way when you first started and you could have gone a different way with it. Oh, absolutely. Everything okay. is a uh, learning process. Okay. Is there, is there a mistake you made that made you get to that realization, or is it just an overall feeling you've had? Both. Okay. Absolutely both. Yeah. In closing, okay. as your last question, is there anything you would like the people listening to this, the 30 people that are probably going to listen to this, the one thing or the, the, the main principle behind Bourbon 30, when you come visit Bourbon 30, or what have you, is there one thing or uh, an explanation behind Bourbon 30 that you would like everybody to know? 
if you're looking for something different, if you're looking for something unique, possibly something that nobody else has, then uh, give us a visit. Um, we love to uh, uh, build a relationship, uh, interact with you, uh, make a connection with you, and uh, help you find that bourbon that um, really uh, uh, suits you. And what, what's your location? Our location is 130 South Water Street in Georgetown, Kentucky. We were actually uh, located in the birthplace of the Baptist minister, Elijah Craig. Uh, our distillery is the first one, uh, first distillery in, in the city of Georgetown, uh, from what I understand, in 200 years. All right. <laughs> <laughs> It was uh, it was good talking to you today, Jeff. Uh, I will be seeing you soon, and you have a nice afternoon. Thank you, Chad, for, for having us on and giving us a chance to uh, talk about our distillery. Uh, it was a pleasure.